0: Developing boundaries was a huge thing that I didn't know what that was. Like, not really, but, and I didn't know we were doing it at the time really either. It was figuring out what worked for us and what we all wanted.
2: Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to episode 254. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Jace, who has been poly for about seven years and is currently in a triad. (laughs) It's
2: It's a super fascinating story, and he gets into a lot of the weeds about what it's like uh, being in a triad. They, they're It's a nesting triad. Uh, he refers to it as his- Which means two,
1: they all live together. They all
2: live together. First two is his two husbands, and he's going to talk about what that means. We also talk a lot about, like, well, yeah, what it's like to the logistics of living together with three people. Actually more when you find out what <laughs> the actual situation here. So anyway, it's a fantastic conversation, and we're super grateful that Jace came on and uh, wanted to talk with us. We were actually put in touch uh, with Jace uh, through Anna Baxter, who is on episode 231. Uh, Anna is the owner of Love Positive Counseling, and Jace is actually just received his uh, master's degree in uh, clinical mental health counseling and so works under Anna. And so, yeah, we're super pumped to get another resource out there for people who are looking for uh, queer, poly friendly therapists. Yes. All right.
1: For anyone who is a premium subscriber, we're going to jump into the episode right now. And for anyone else, we're going to go through a few announcements first and then jump into the episode.
2: So, the first announcement would be what a premium subscriber is. Well, you kind of guessed it premium subscribers don't have to listen to this part of the podcast. (laughs) And in the future, if we have other advertisers, you won't have to listen to those and you won't have to listen to the community announcements. And there'll probably be some bonus content coming your way. One thing we did want to note about that though is. Even though you might not get the community announcements here or the advertisers here, we will still make all that information available to you so you aren't missing out. We're gonna talk about community announcements in the outro and we're gonna probably do some like releases that are special to the premium subscription that will tell you like, hey, we have this new advertiser and we have a special discount for you as a premium subscriber. And it's in its own little episode, and you can skip it if you want. You don't even have to listen to the damn thing. So we're going to make sure that you get all the information you need. If you do, go subscribe.
1: Right. The point is that you'll still get the important information, even if you're a premium subscriber.
2: And some of the unimportant information.
1: True. Next up, we have a virtual meet and greet coming up next week. That's September 27th. We're really excited about it. These virtual meet and greets are open to anyone. You just must be open-minded and respectful. And they're a great way just to meet like-minded people.
2: Yeah, the last one we did had almost 50 people, and it's our biggest one yet, and so we're super pumped. I think this one will probably have about 51 people, and so I'm projecting projecting growth. (laughs) (laughs) We hope so. The other thing we wanted to say on community is, hey, maybe you're looking for a more ongoing community. We have a Patreon community with over 260 members who spend their days together supporting one another, laughing, loving, and... Traveling around the world together. So it's an awesome, awesome community. It's just a couple bucks a month and you get all the amazing support of all the amazing people you could ever imagine. Yes. So to sign up for that, head over to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the Patreon tab. And while you're there, you could probably click on the events tab.
1: To sign up for the virtual meet and greet. (laughs) To sign
2: up for the virtual meet and greet that we didn't tell you how to get. Right. Again, website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and everything you could ever want. And more is over
1: there, including that
2: can, premium subscription, that
1: premium subscription right there on the
2: homepage. <laughs> hey, how about that new homepage, Emma?
1: Yeah, I know. It's pretty badass. <laughs> One of us
2: redesigned the homepage a couple days ago. You
1: can, you can pat yourself on the back. You can pat yourself on the
2: but back. It, it feels better when you pat. Me on
1: the back. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited about the new homepage and you can find the premium subscription there. You can also find your own and order your very own give love t-shirt or long sleeve shirt. And we're excited that those are available too.
2: And tank tops.
1: And tank tops.
2: Maybe next year, baby onesies.
1: (laughs) Who knows? We'll try to keep adding.
2: Yeah. The shirts are amazing. And there are photos of actually now there are photos of other community members wearing the shirts on our homepage. So if you want to see what they look like on other lovely faces, well, I guess the the shirts are on their bodies. (laughs) But if you want to see their smiling faces in our beautiful shirts, check them out.
1: Yes. That go. was
2: normalizing nonmonogamy.com <laughs> right there on the homepage.
1: And while you're there, you can also check out our favorite way to get tested for STIs, stdcheck.com. By using the links on our website, you can get a $10 discount and support the podcast. We really appreciate it. And the stdcheck.com is a super simple and fast way to get tested and discreet way to get tested for SCIs. It's the one Finn and I use all the time. So we highly recommend it and thank you in advance.
2: By all the time, she means daily.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe not quite that often.
2: Bi-weekly, which nobody knows what that means because it's a word that means literally the opposite.
1: Okay. We're it has not...
2: two definitions. It's my least favorite word in the world. <laughs> we don't need to get into that right now. All right, we won't I get didn't into... know
1: that was your least favorite word, though. It
2: is my least favorite word in the world. All right. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say on STD check, just a huge thank you to everybody who has used the links in the past.
1: Yes, of course. We
2: appreciate you and you make a big difference in our lives. So thank you.
1: Thank you to everyone out there who have used the links, who's bought a shirt, who's joined the meet and greet, who joined Patreon, any of the things.
2: And who have reached out to us by clicking on the contact us tab and sending us an email or a voicemail. We would love to hear from you, even if it is, Hey, you guys talk way too much. And my response will be. Sign up for the damn premium subscription. Exactly. And you won't have to listen to it. Exactly. And with that.
1: Let's go talk to Jace. Let's do it. Welcome to the podcast, Jace. It's wonderful to have you here today. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story.
0: Yeah. Thanks for, uh, for having me. <laughs>
2: yeah, of <laughs> course. Do you mind introducing yourself just to get us rolling? And then we're going to dig into all the fun stuff from there.
0: Yeah, so um, my name is Jace Johns-Cooper. I am a recent graduate from Mercer University. I have a master's in clinical mental health counseling as of like two months ago. So Congratulations. Thank yeah, you. right. That's huge. <laughs> um, I'm currently at Love Positive Counseling under the supervision of Anna Baxter uh, and plan to stay there at least until I have my license in two years, two-ish years, um, 3,000 hours from now. <laughs> and... I've been polyamorous for seven years. I've been out as a trans guy for ten, almost ten years. That sounds right.
2: Sounds right to us. We don't know, so <laughs> right. you can you can say anything you want. We we, we can't fact check you. So <laughs> right, yeah. that's fair. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. It's awesome.
0: So, congrats.
1: do you mind starting with just like describing your relationship structure as it is right now?
0: As it is right now. So that's yeah. actually recently changed, <laughs> as of like two <laughs> days ago. So um I, no, not a not a bad thing. Someone was added, so it's fine. <laughs> 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 so there's me and my husband, uh, Nick, and then Nick's other husband, Sammy, and then Sammy's partner, Trey, who came into the picture two days ago. Wow.
1: I see. Cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah.
2: Love it. Well, I think we'll pick that apart in a bit, but can we rewind and figure out how the hell this all started? So what, what were the origins of non monogamy for you? Like, how did this come to be a thing that you were even interested in or knew about?
0: So that's a fun story. So when I had just graduated from high school, it was like a month after I graduated. I had gotten out of a four year relationship. Um, we started dating in eighth grade, went through after graduation. And so, like, I had just gotten out of that relationship. I was busy, like, doing things, prepping for college, whatever. And I got on OKCupid, which is very popular and normalized within, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yep. EM yep. and all that kind of stuff. And then I happened to just kind of like be going through people and I found Nick and Sammy on OKCupid. They were looking for a third and I was like, that seems interesting and they messaged me first and so then we started talking whatever and then nick and i really hit it off and so we would talk until like four or five in the morning like skyping online i would fall asleep on there with him and then we finally got to meet in person a month or so later and then they came to meet me in augusta because i was living in augusta at the time they were in atlanta and then, yeah it just kind of went from there
2: yeah. Did and, you have any?
1: Well, no. You were pretty young. Yeah, I was. Like say you're it. like.
2: Well, we were young.
1: Right. No, I know. <laughs> but like to jump to jump right into that, like from a high school relationship and then yeah. into, um, you know, polyamory. Right then, like that's that's to answer or to ask Finn's question. Did you have any? background or uh role models in non-monogamy no prior
0: to that i didn't know anything about it i was just like this seems interesting (laughs) um i was like the idea of it sounded really cool and i had been one even through like the long-term relationship in high school i had always kind of like been interested in other people and of course i thought that was like wrong and bad and so i kind of like tried to not be (laughs) it never worked but i tried to not be and so like going into the polyamorous relationship, it was supposed to be a close triad. And then Sammy and I just didn't click in that romantic way. We're still like super close. So it's just, it was a V for a long time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just kind of worked that way.
2: Yeah. That's, I think it's still just amazing though, that like you hop on OkCupid and you're like, oh, interesting. Two guys, I was maybe looking for one, but like, (laughs) okay, we'll see what this is like. And I, how did like, How did the early days of that go? Because like, I know there's sometimes there's like the, the NRE, the new relationship energy and everything's like, woo, this is amazing. And then like, sometimes that can fall off and be like, oh, this is also really hard. Like, what did the, what did the first couple months of that journey look like for you as you're like jumping into something you had no concept of?
0: Well, so the first like month or two until I went off to college and like got out of my parents' house was pretty much strictly online, except for like one time meeting in person. So a lot of it was just like just talking online. There was some jealousy stuff because Sammy worked primarily nights. Um, So, yeah, they didn't get to talk to me as much because I could primarily talk at night because that's where my parents were not around. And so that kind of created a weird kind of dynamic because it was supposed to be a triad thing. That's what it was supposed to do. And it wasn't ever... I was a super anxious person, still am, but like I was a super anxious person then. And then I would kind of like took on a lot of the responsibility for how they were managing because they were together. They could manage that better than me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I was doing. And so, yeah, there was some like complicated things with that, but we ended up just kind of like talking through it. And then Sammy and I did eventually break up when I moved in with them more or less so i went to college in west georgia uh, which is about an hour from atlanta or so if you're not familiar so i would go back and forth on the weekends i'd stay Mm -hmm. for the five days or whatever so once i kind of started doing that we didn't really connect in person and so it was fine they we ended up separating which i kind of figured was coming but we're yeah we're still super close and have been ever since it was just this kind of we kind of have to be because my husband, uh, well, so Nick is a musician. Okay. He's a classical organist and pianist, as well as like he has his own band, um, which I can talk about later. So he w- was going on tour a lot of the time, and so we, uh, Sammy and I, would be home on the weekends, just the two of us all the time, and so <laughs> we had to connect because <laughs> he wasn't there. So
2: right, and so the so that relationship with Sammy sort of transitioned from like a romantic to uh just a strong like metamore friendship with probably like some some obviously deeper than just a friendship but it it sort of transitioned out of the romance but you kept that going with nick
0: yeah yeah luckily sammy was totally cool with that (laughs) and i didn't have to like cut anything off because it didn't work Mm -hmm. out as a triad nick and i like as cheesy as it sounds when we met in person uh at the in between Mark before I went off to college, we both kind of knew the moment we saw each other that it was like gonna be a lifelong thing. It was I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with him and I don't really know why. Mm. And even with like people talking about NRE and things like that, for us it hasn't really gone away. I know like after seven years you'd expect it to, but it just hasn't. It Yeah. There's always this kind of playful very fun relationship yeah and even sammy and nick still have that and it's been almost 11 years for them wow Mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing
1: yeah that is amazing so at like the three of you got together you and sammy kind of uh separated your romantic relationship but you're still um, in a relationship with nick and where did it go from there it's, you're still in those that relationship that's still currently happening. But yes. <laughs> what, what, what else has happened?
0: Oh, okay. So basically at that point, we were all very different people then. It was seven years ago. We've done a lot of growing since then. And so there was some complicated things with Nick being kind of jealous of the idea of us searching out other partners. He was extremely protective of me with me being trans and like the possible dangers around that and sammy is non-binary as well they use they them pronouns but it still was kind of different (laughs) i'm not really sure why but so sammy was trying to date other people and do that kind of thing and they were going through a lot of like jealousy issues i don't know the specifics of like how they worked that out between them i was content doing things just the two of us for a while just the me and nick for a while we were also involved with the Atlanta Rocky Horror Picture Show cast. And so we were a part of like doing that every single Friday. So that was our primary friend group. And that was our primary dating group. <laughs> Cause that's all the people we knew. Yep. Um, and of course, like with the theater cast with volunteers, with a whole bunch of 20 somethings or 18 to 20 somethings, a whole bunch of drama ensued. <laughs> As you can expect, so there were partners in and out, and then, yeah, it's still yeah. been partners in and out.
2: Yeah, I love that. And also, I just wanted to acknowledge that earlier when I was talking about you finding Sammy and Nick, that I referenced both of them as two two other guys I didn't know about. Oh yeah, I should non-binary. <laughs> no, no, no. That's my I apologize. I shouldn't have made the assumption. So I just wanted to clear that up um, for anyone listening. So, so where. I guess I have a question, maybe a logistical question. So the you use the moniker that uh, the label that Nick is your husband and Sammy is his husband. So I don't believe, right, and then correct me if I'm wrong, that the marriage to multiple people is not necessarily legal in the US. So how how does that look? We actually just recently talked to somebody about this who has a husband and a wife, and she explained it a little bit, but I'm curious what that's looked like for for the three of you and how that dynamic has evolved.
0: So they were actually engaged or Nick and Sammy were engaged when I met them. They had been engaged. I don't know. I don't know how long, but not like an extreme amount of time. And I kind of always knew that they were going to get legally married, of course. And so they got legally married in 2016 when Trump got elected um, for fear of anything going away. To celebrate, right? Well, yeah, to celebrate. (laughs) For for fear of any rights being taken away, Um, for the most part, yeah. We went that way, and they got married at the courthouse, whatever, and then actually had a wedding in 2017 that I helped plan. We did all of that. It was a bit of a difficult thing for me at the time, just because I knew I wasn't going to be able to have that legal defined relationship i've since moved past that i don't really care but yeah it was a very difficult thing but yeah so they got married in 2017 they're legally married i got married more of a commitment ceremony if you're gonna think of it that way um of course we didn't try to like file any legal paperwork or anything sure we did that in had a little ceremony at dragon con in 2018 and then had an actual wedding in 2020
2: for for you and Nick or for the like for the three of
0: you? For me and Nick. Since Sammy okay. and I aren't together, I'm not married. Got it. Not makes sense to Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. Though technically it's whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, I'm married to both of them because like yeah. <laughs> But the relationship yeah. is there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I love
0: that. that. And I I think
2: it's I think we, we love talking about like the nuance of how people make that happen because it's it is important, and I think you you touched on that that like there was some hardship for you watching them legally get married, knowing that that's not something you're going to be able to do. And like you said, you've you've maybe worked through that, but like how how did that come up for you, and how did you sort of work through that? I mean, you helped plan the wedding, and then you have to like sit and watch this thing that's hard. So like that's a lot of emotional
0: work. It was. Um, they made sure I was very much included in the wedding, like. <laughs> Doing, we had a hol- It was a Halloween themed, um, kind of Disney themed as well. So they made sure I was very involved in the planning, and I was there for the whole thing, and very much was like the coordinator type person, which is fine. I love that role. So how did how did I deal with it? I I mean, I couldn't stop it. <laughs> it was more of a just having to watch and like know that they were very happy, know that this was something they had been planning for a long time and I knew it was going to happen when I came into this. So it was just something I kind of had to do.
1: You to reach that level of acceptance. Yeah. Of like this is it's just, I have to work to accept this because it was what it was happening when I came into the picture and it's still happening. And But it's beautiful that you were still able to have like the commitment ceremony with Nick and have your own time. And yes, it's not... This like quite the same legally, but it's it still is like the celebration of the two of you,
0: right? It's the, still the same to us. There's no difference yeah. between what they had and what we had.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that was the important part. It was well, I mean, it was a little different just because it was in the middle of 2020. But like, <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah. logistically, but yeah. the celebration was the same. It was still the same. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's so important to like put into perspective is like the legal piece is like literally a piece of paper. And I know the other piece it does, right. Is it gives you lots of like, it unfortunately gives a whole bunch of rights, right. For like survivorship and healthcare and all sorts of stuff that you, you can't necessarily replace, but the feelings and the emotion that you have, those seem to be relatively uh, transferable across whether there's a legal piece of paper or not. And I think that's, what's really kind of amazing about
1: it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What sorts of benefits do you see to the, to the relationship style that you're in and how does like, how do you feel that's benefited you over the last seven years? Well, or I mean, added to your life, maybe, maybe benefits, not the right word, <laughs> but you're like added to your life in a positive way.
0: Well, first, if you're going to talk financially, that's at least three incomes because we've been living together <laughs> since 2015. Most of us have worked full time to, Variety of like two or three jobs at a time since then. Um, so three incomes, so that's cool. And so that kind of opens up a, what we can do in, in terms of like housing, in terms of environment and things like that, and in terms of lifestyle as well. But other benefits, so it's with 2020 specifically in the pandemic and isolation, there were well, for a while, there were six of us living in the house, and so no one is ever alone. So that's always nice. We always have someone to do something with. We have multiple connections. I don't know. It's just like creating relationships with a bunch of different people and being able to experience a bunch of different things while still having something staple and like being at home. I don't know. Being at home is just comfortable. And yeah. I love that. Yeah.
2: And I, I, I guess maybe some like logistical questions that I'm curious about. How do you – well, first of all, nobody's ever alone. You said no, you're never really alone, and that's really nice. Do you ever get to a point where you're like, I just want to be alone? Like, it'd be nice if some of these people would just get away from me for a little while. And how do you handle that?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with me, Nick, and Sammy, it's never really that. I don't know if it's just because the – wavelength we're on or like i don't know it's to the point that sammy and i even though we're not romantically together we will say the same things at the same time in the same way we're very similar we're just very similar people i don't know so when it comes to like other people that are living in the house as well whether they're well for a while sammy had two other partners living here and then we also have um our slash my best friend lucas who also lives here because of a whole bunch of other polydrama. <laughs> that wasn't our polycule but we tried to help and we decided to keep him so we call him an honorary member yes basically we try to take that time where it's just the three of us or where it's just the two the sets of us i get the sets mm-hmm. sure um taking that time taking that whether it's going to lunch together or going to a mall together and walking around or Nick and I usually take the dogs because we have two dogs and we're dog sitting, but we have two dogs. We'll take them to the river, uh, and uh, exercise them more or less Mm -hmm. and do all that kind of thing on our own. Nick runs like six miles a day so that's his own alone time <laughs> Yeah. and say so he takes very long baths like two to three to four hours long and i don't understand how they can so they can take that alone <laughs> time that way i'm never one that really needs to be exactly alone but i can also take that at my office too between yeah. clients i have breaks so
2: sure mm-hmm. yeah. and and how about sleeping just Where, where does everybody sleep? Do you all have your own bedrooms and then you just decide like you got a big calendar like on the wall? Like (laughs) what are the logistics there? Cause I'm, I'm just, I'm curious.
0: Kind of both. So (laughs) Nick, Sammy, and I have been sharing a king bed since I moved in with them long time ago. Um, so there's me closest to the door. Nick is in the middle. He's always in the middle. And then Sammy on the other side. And then the dog's in a various position wherever they can spit between anybody. And then when Sammy had two other partners living in the house, they had their own bedrooms. And they Sammy would go from one to the other in just like a rotating pattern every mm-hmm. night. Since then, it's just the three of us. Trey doesn't live here. So it's just the three of us. and We all share one bed all the time. But sometimes Sammy will stay the night with Trey or sure. with other people or whatever. So, sure. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and
1: I guess that do you intentionally or how does it work to make time for you and Nick or for Nick and Sammy? Like the, the dyads, right? Because those two, it's like the three of you have a relationship. Even if you and Sammy are romantically inclined, like romantically involved, you're still in a relationship. But how do you make time for those dyads too?
0: So Sammy is a manager. So they work 40 to Fifty hours a week, and so with my schedule being super flexible, it really just depends on when I have clients. I work from home four days a week. Nick and I get that time. Usually, mm-hmm. it's not very hard for us. For Sammy and Nick, that's a little more difficult, just because of the hours that they work. Nick also mm-hmm. doesn't work as much, just because uh, the nature of his job's teaching piano you know, on yeah. only two days a week and then church one day a week. So. Wednesdays are consistently Sammy's Day off, so a lot of the time the three of us will hang out together or there's some days where I have like a peer consult group in the morning and so they'll get the morning together. It really just they find time where they can and yeah. I offer them like, hey, if you need to go do something just the two of you you're more than welcome to, that's fine. And then I can get alone time at the house if I really need it or want it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Al- along the way, have you had other partners yourself like i know you talked a little bit about early on that that maybe there was some it was either jealousy or or protectiveness or maybe some combination of both on nick's behalf but like what have your other relationships like looked like over the past few years
0: so a lot of well so earlier on in the relationship i've had some romantic relationships with people they they The longest I think was like a year and a half or so on and off ish. Ultimately, it just didn't work out because of like different personalities, different goals, that kind of thing. Just regular stuff. Yeah, that was also during the more jealous time. And so we were kind of figuring out how that dynamic worked. And I also was at a very was at a point where I was accepting or taking in a lot of that responsibility for other people's feelings. And so I would limit my time with other partners as well, trying to like make sure I was home when Nick was home, that kind of thing, that he didn't make that happen or anything. It was all taking on my own responsibility Um, or taking on other people's stuff. So now I don't do that. (laughs) I've worked (laughs) through a lot of that. Um, I've more consistently had like kink play partners than I've had romantic relationships, which we've opened from having just romantic relationships to other sexual relationships with people. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I love that you've talked a little bit about like pulling away from or, or healing sort of the codependencies of like, mm-hmm. Oh, maybe this person doesn't want me to do this. So I, I'll manage that him. Or like you said, early on in your relationship, Oh, well, Nick and Sammy were maybe having some issues and scheduling and you thought you'd like jump in and maybe you could like, you know, play puppet master on that, like that, those are such, for me, there's such ingrained tendencies to do. And I'm just curious, like how, what has that journey been like for you to like work through that and to not be doing those?
0: So it's been a long one. Um, so (laughs) a lot of it's been, it was ingrained in me as a kid, like taking on responsibility for other people's reactions and responses and sugarcoating things and all that kind of stuff. All of that falls in line with trying to manage people's reactions and jealousy, like leaving out information, not necessarily leaving out information, but like
2: and downplaying it, right? Making it minimizing. Yeah, yeah there you go.
0: <laughs> I had a therapist <laughs> for a while that very much was like, You minimize things. Are you aware of that? And I was like, Yeah, I guess. <laughs>
2: sure. <laughs> Yeah, but only sometimes.
0: (laughs) Only sometimes, exactly. (laughs) So it was very much a process of going to therapy and figuring out like, oh, this is the thing I do. Um, I'm not responsible for these other people's reactions. It's kind of like going by my own mantra of like doing less harm, because there's no way to do no harm in some situations is doing Mm -hmm. the least amount of harm possible. So when it comes to, like, arguing and fighting, we very rarely do it. Um, I can count on, like, one hand the amount of times that I've ever, like, yelled at a person. And only, like, two of them have been in my relationship that I'm currently in. It's very much a conversation of how I'm feeling versus there's no how they made me feel. It's how their reaction, I reacted to what they did. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah so i don't know if that answered your question but
2: (laughs) it does well and it's and it's hard then when you go to that place of i'm not necessarily responsible for their reaction or their feelings like obviously you try to be kind and do good Mm -hmm. but the point you made of like you're trying to minimize hurt not remove it and it's the path of least and i think that's such an important thing to recognize that like that's really what it's doing and and what happens, unfortunately, is a lot of times I you, you think you're you are going to avoid the conflict by jumping in and helping and you actually make a bigger problem um, in the long run. And so that what you said really hit home. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> I'm glad it's helpful. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I think it's just such a common thing that we all do because none of us really want to see other people hurting and none of us want to be in conflict. And so if you can spot a way, I can make that better. And then you realize you do that a hundred times and you haven't really made anything better. You right. disenfranchise somebody, you've taken away their power. There's so much that happens when you do that. And it's like, a, it's a protective measure.
0: Yeah. It also removes those expectations of... This is, oh, if I say it this way, this is how they'll react because you have absolutely no idea what other factors are at play, whether they've had a bad day, whether they are just in a bad headspace or whatever, and you give them news regardless of whether it's good or bad. Who knows what their reaction is going to be? So. Yeah. 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 Appreciate that.
1: Thank you for everything you shared in the, about navigating that because it's so, it is, like we said a minute ago, it's so relatable uh, and, you know, what you mentioned, jealousy, let's come up. Has there been other challenges that the three of you have encountered?
0: I mean, probably um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that you remember that you want to share there, That's there's not no writing. Or, or maybe
2: just like a high level, like these are you don't have to like pick out each individual argument, but just like the general like things you maybe have had to work through either. Maybe even just personally for you, if there's been like hard feelings there as well.
0: I mean, there's always some kind of element of, well, earlier on in the relationship, there was always some kind of element of jealousy just because I wasn't working as much. But I was also gone during the week when I was at West Georgia. And it was early on in the relationship. We weren't used to, uh, well, I wasn't used to sharing a, a person that I was like so deeply connected with. And with him being out of town all the time, like it was a very much an adjustment of figuring out, like, what am I doing? Also, on top of like, I was hiding things from my parents as well. Um, and that's a whole other thing. But so trying to figure out that and like getting schoolwork done, being a freshman, taking 18 credit hours at a time. <laughs> yeah. And there's a whole other level of like just trying to figure that out. And there's. T- Developing boundaries was a huge thing that I didn't know what that was. Like, not really. But, and I didn't know we were doing it at the time, really, either. It was figuring out what worked for us and what we all wanted. think was very set on the three of us being in a closed triad. And we we're like, well, it didn't work. So you're going to have to move on from it. Yeah. Because it's not just going to magically happen. And which of course he did. It just took him a lot of time of grieving that expectation of this is how I thought it was gonna be and that's not it. Yeah. And he's definitely adjusted and we're very happy with things, how they're going. And it's going with the flow as well, letting some boundaries be a little more flexible than others. Mm-hmm. Which we you mentioned like there being like a health and safety thing. We can talk about like specific things later if you want. Sure. Um, but, like, there are only a few things that are really hard boundaries, but besides that, I I guess you could consider them rules, but most of the time it's not. We don't have to Mm -hmm. communicate everything exactly, like, if somebody's talking to somebody and that's not serious, I don't feel the need to, like, spy or anything like Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I answered the question or not, but...
2: (laughs) Yeah. Boundaries is such a huge one. And I think yeah. too, right. Like you come out of high school, you're a freshman, like you're figuring out college and being out on your own. Now you're in a polyamorous triad. That's maybe not quite meant to be a triad. <laughs> you're figuring out boundary like that's a, that's it's a hell a of lot. a, that's a hell of a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's amazing. I, and I, I appreciate you talking a bit about like the boundaries and that there, there are the variations on that and that they, you know, it sounds like Nick was a very much like a bound, almost a boundary on like, this is what this relationship needs to look like. And, and you having to sort of be like, great, but it doesn't work. So we don't like now what, and like, there's a, that's like you said, grieving that, grieving that thing that you wanted, that you hoped for. And that maybe even you had a taste of. Um, can be really hard. So I feel that I, I had another logistical question and I'm sorry, we're bouncing all over the place. So forgive me. And you don't need to go into all the gooey details of this, but I think it is something that's maybe people listening thinking, well, how do they do this? And I think that's like money. Like, do you like with rent or just bank accounts in general? Like it's so common people get married and they're like, well, now we get a joint bank account and everything's in one big pot. How did the three of you handle that? Because it's a little bit of a different. You're breaking away from that, that the, the mono, normative culture there. Like, how do you three handle this piece?
0: Well, we all put it all in one big pot. Um, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough, so when, let's see, when I first moved in, like officially moved in with them. Um, It was end of 2015, shortly after I came out as trans to my parents. That was the whole thing. But um, basically, I moved in with them. I was added to their bank account. I still had my own separate one that was still attached to my parents' stuff. Uh, But I got added to theirs, and it's all been together ever since. Um, (laughs) I have a savings account for, like, my taxes since I'm, like, privately... Well, not Mm -hmm. privately, but, like... I have a 1099 Separately. employee, basically. Yeah. Yep. Contract, yep. whatever. Yeah, so I have my savings account for my taxes. I have a savings account that has all of our savings in it because I am most likely to hoard money. So they have no problem not being able to see that. They're Originally, they were supposed to be able to see it, but Wells Fargo messed up, <laughs> so only I can <laughs> see it. So it works out. And so if any time we need to transfer money or whatever, I can do that to that. We all have our own. Well, I have my own individual credit cards. Nick and Sammy, I don't think have any at this point. They did for a while. Um, Yeah, sure.
2: Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like curious, like the general, like how you three approach it, because I could see it also being like. We all just keep everything very individual, and we split everything three ways, and and that keeps the peace. So I -hmm. I was just curious what your sort of general approach to it
0: was. Yeah, Yeah, there's a combination, actually, with the household overall. The three of us are together, and then there's Lucas and Kevin who live in the house as well. And so when it comes to rent, we split five ways, and then the two of them pay a fifth, and we, we pay three fifths, and it's that way for... Rent, groceries, utilities, etc. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how we do it, household wise. But the three of us are together.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. You you've mentioned a couple of times coming out as trans, and I wanted to see if you'd be open to talking a little bit about that journey because it's an, obviously a very very major thing in your life as well.
0: Yeah. So I came out as trans. Well, I started like figuring it out when I was a about 16 or so um and then it was kind of complicated just because i was hiding it from my dad specifically so like i kind of went back and forth between being out at school versus not being out at home um but when i left for college like i completely just started living completely as a guy and That was part of like the difficult part when I went home for Thanksgiving break, and that's when kind of like a major blow up happened with me coming out, and I ended up moving in with Nick and Sammy because I was it was a whole complicated thing. So we have since like worked through a lot of that with my parents and I, specifically me and my mom. I've worked through a lot of that, but yeah, I started. HRT in 2016, June of 2016. Then I had top surgery or a double mastectomy mm-hmm. in September of 2017. My, leg- my name was legally changed early 2017, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just for anyone listening, HRT is testosterone?
0: Well, for me, yes, it is testosterone. Okay. Um, HRT stands for hormone replacement therapy.
2: I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Thank you. And how, I mean, are you are you willing to talk a little bit about like what that, like back at 16, like figuring that out, starting to figure that out, and then what that process looked like for you?
0: Well, figuring it out was really just doing a lot of research online. I was living in Augusta at the time, and it's not exactly like something people talked about. And like there was a lot, any represent, representation that I saw on TV was – more of like men in dresses being a joke thing type thing and so and i knew my parents weren't totally going to be supportive to say the least so i was just kind of trying to figure that out and trying to figure out how i identified i thought for a while that i might be non-binary of some sort like gender fluid specifically because i like that element of being able to go back and forth but then especially as i've continued transitioning and like actually started passing um or like people started perceiving me as a guy full-time basically um is what passing means but when that started happening i started becoming more comfortable with the idea of being more feminine so, like, wearing makeup and painting my nails and doing that kind of thing, wearing skirts or dresses, I'm really comfortable with now where I wouldn't have been, like, even two or three years ago. So, just kind of playing with gender and, like, not allowing there to be an expectation there.
2: Yeah. I'm curious about that because and, – and I don't have any experience with this myself, but, like, what, what I kind of heard you describe there, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is – once you were sort of accepted as a guy, then you were like, okay, I can maybe back off and start doing the things I really like. You almost had to like,
1: like drive. Fluid, yeah,
2: yeah. You almost had to like drive the point home before you could like say like, okay, now I'm going to come back and like maybe add in some makeup or some piercings or some nail polish. But like, first I need to be able to establish that I can like clear this hurdle and get the rest of the world to like see me. In, a, in the way that I want to be seen.
0: Yeah, basically. There was that element. I was also seeing myself as I wanted to be seen. Mm-hmm. So there's the element of dysphoria that comes with being trans um, that I had to overcome as well. And so, like, after I had top surgery and was comfortable with my results and stuff, and up until a couple of weeks ago, I had facial hair, then I shaved it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, I was consistently being gendered correctly and i was just more comfortable in my own skin in general then i could start playing with things that also i wouldn't necessarily are you say are euphoric but still do things that i enjoy doing like not like doing full drag or anything but still playing with eyeshadow and I'm like doing some things like that and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Finding what works for you. Yeah, basically. Like that's,
2: yeah. 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 I love that. And it sounds like you've maybe healed some of that with, with your mom. Um, how, how has the journey of like having them understand your relationship dynamic? Cause it's not like, I would assume this is not something that you can really hide. Like you've been living with these people for a long time. Everything is pretty enmeshed. Like they're not a small part of your life for the last seven years.
0: Yeah. So everyone in our lives know we're all very open about it and definitely don't hide it. I'm even like, I'm very open about all of my life and my practice. So yeah, all of it is very much enmeshed. So my parents kind of just expect me to come to family functions with an entourage as, as, as they've said it. <laughs> it's whoever's available. Usually Nick is available. Sometimes Sammy is sometimes it'll be Kevin. Sometimes it'll be Lucas, whoever really sometimes it'll be a partner that I haven't had that long. It don't really matter. Um, I don't care who comes around my parents. <laughs> um, and Nick's parents are the same way. we brought over friends to their house. They just don't really ask questions, I guess. Um, my mom will ask. She she wants to know what's going on just because she's curious. Yeah. Um, she's also done a re- lot of research on her own, trying to figure out like things when it comes to trans stuff specifically, but also when it comes to like polyamory and whatever. There was definitely a point in the beginning that Nick's parents were always kind of chill about it despite being very catholic he has his own very complicated coming Mm -hmm. out story uh he didn't come out till he was 25 and he was married to his high school sweetheart who was a woman they're great friends now but like he basically he came out and uprooted everything Mm -hmm. to start over with sammy actually and then i guess after that point his parents weren't surprised (laughs) 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 just adding another person But, yeah, they're super accepting. We're actually dog-sitting their dog currently. And, yeah, so it's been a journey of them trying to understand. But when it came to mine and Nick's wedding, a lot of my family who didn't understand kind of got it, I guess. They saw us being together. They saw us, like, happy and everybody involved and all of our friends and the environment that we had created for ourselves i guess and then even like my aunt and like other people who gave us a hard time in the beginning were like i'm sorry like i didn't realize what this was and what it could be for you so i'm sorry i gave you a hard time but like i'm fully supportive like i love you both that kind of thing
1: wow yeah that's beautiful Yeah, it's
2: amazing <laughs> that, that people have like come around and been able to like step up and apologize because yeah. like that's that's a huge step.
1: Well, and I love how, you know, sometimes people generally have the best intentions, right? And if they they may just not understand something, and so when you said like during your wedding, they saw this all. They saw it like right in front of their faces, and they experienced the friendships and the connections that you have and the three of you together. And it helps people understand. And then so I think like when they can see it with their own two eyes and not just like we're all masters of creating stories of all kinds in our heads, right? So when people can see it and stop and think and like, oh, no, this is really this works for them and I may not choose it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work for them. And yeah, so thanks for like pointing that out. I'm, I'm glad that that really helped all of you.
0: Yeah, I feel like part of it was also their own expectations of what my life mm-hmm. was going to be. Of yeah. course, like with me being like assigned female birth and all this kind of stuff, like I know there was an element of the wedding wasn't what they imagined when I was a small child. There wasn't the gown and the 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 traditional straight wedding that they expected. And yeah, that's definitely not what they got. Um so Did
2: they did they come to your wedding?
0: Oh yeah. They came to my wedding.
2: That's
0: amazing. Um, Yeah, it was my two brothers, my parents, my aunt, a couple cousins came. And then Nick's family came to the wedding as well, of course. Well, part of it, because he has a lot of family from Detroit, and that's just a very (laughs) long drive. Um, But yeah, ultimately, family still came, even with it being a pandemic. Um, (laughs) But
2: yeah wow that's great i mean it's i love this the support that you the three of you have sort of found in in community around you Mm -hmm. i think that's fantastic Mm -hmm. um I'm, i'm curious like as you kind of step back and look at like where you're at like have you found like a a place of like i know the word like polysaturation but like Thats even really what I'm going for. Like what is your sort of like utopia? Like, is, it, and I'm just gonna throw things out that probably aren't true. but like it's you and Nick and seventeen other people, right? Like that's my world, right? Is it like have you found what is I went I went face I went hyperbolic, so you knew it wasn't real. Um, I guess have you found what your sort of like sweet spot is for relationally coming together with people
0: it really depends. So, of course, like, ideally i don't know it really it really just depends it depends on the people we find depends on nick and sammy's individual like poly saturation type thing they have to figure out what works best for them (laughs) sammy's had up to like four partners at one time and while working full time and i was like hey (laughs) you should (laughs) probably chill um (laughs) so it's kind of like them figuring out their own limits and of course we're a very much kitchen table always have been. So it depends on like how well people interact and how well people get along. But if like one of us ha- wants to have a parallel thing, we can. It was really, so the person that officiated our wedding was, or is Nick's best friend's mom. We call her mama. Um, but she said, when all things are said and done, the three of them will still be together. And so ultimately, as long as the three of us are still together, it doesn't really matter who else is involved. As long as we're all happy, that's what really matters. Okay.
2: Yeah. I love that. And so it's like, I mean, my takeaway there is like, it really just depends, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what What's happening that day or that week or
1: year. yeah. So yeah.
2: yeah. I love it.
1: You commented a little bit ago about health and safety, and I was curious, too, like, as one of the three of you, any one of the three of you are out there dating other people and, like, navigating um, relationships, how do you keep each other and yourselves uh, safe in in those environments?
0: So typically like our hard rules or if anyone's meeting someone from the internet (laughs) um, whether it be hookup or first date, whatever we send the address of where we're going when we get there, that kind of thing and check in every so often, like, Hey, everything's good, whatever, especially like early on when, Mm -hmm. or just in general, when I go anywhere, we also just do that in general. So if, we're going to work, we'll say that we made it to work type thing. So it's checking in with that kind of stuff, making sure like, hey, if something happens, you know where I am and making sure the like safer sex practices are being done if it's type of a hookup situation or anything like that. When it came to pandemic stuff, like making sure we were masked or vaccinated or whatever the case may be, doing that kind of thing and getting tested regularly as well mm-hmm. for yeah. anything.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah COVID is is now amongst them so yeah <laughs> yeah, that <too>. so yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it well I think I mean we appreciate everything that you've shared with us today and I know we could probably talk for quite a while wanted to give you a chance to talk about your work and the work you're doing with with Anna and just getting sort of just getting started in the counseling and therapy and then give you the opportunity if there's anything we haven't asked about or talked about that you, you want to get out there in the world.
0: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been at love positive counseling since I started my internship because that's a part of your master's program to become a counselor. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like um, June of last year that I started with them. And then Anna was like, well, do you want to stay? And I was like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that was cool. And Uh, primarily at this point, I'm working with a lot of trans kids. I don't know. It wasn't necessarily the intention, but that's always what I said I wanted to do. I have a expressive arts group for LGBTQ plus teens that I hold on the second and fourth or Saturdays, not Wednesdays, Saturdays of each month that they can come and like do crafts and hang out and spend time together and that type of thing. And... Primarily, I work from like a feminist and queer perspective, allowing people or helping people to understand the systems that they're a part of and how that can impact their individual mental health and impact like just how they function psychologically. Awesome. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. And links to La Positive counseling will be in the show notes. Yes. And is there anything else that you wanted to share and get out there?
0: um hmm. well so my husband is a part of a band called brother hawk i might as well plug them as well they recently got signed with liars club from i think it's part of sony i think that's wow. what i'm gonna go with and so they are putting out an album at some point soon i know that has been mastered i can't tell you when <laughs> but i can send over the links and that stuff for that too Um, the website and insta and all that kind of stuff
1: sure that'd be great yeah
0: always happy to help
2: promote um independent artists for sure so that's super cool
1: yeah
2: um yeah happy to do it well thank you jace for coming on for sharing everything for the work you do and to nick and sammy and everybody else in your orbit for for uh just being awesome and, 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 and coming on and sharing the story, I mean, it's it's exciting to hear about and it's being fun, part of the story. Being part of the story. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, it's it's been fun to learn about like the logistics of it because yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I will say for me being the person who sleeps in the middle of two other people every night, I don't know how Nick does it, but good on him because I I couldn't I couldn't do it. I
1: get too warm,
2: and
0: he, he does sometimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> plus, I pee a lot, so I'd always be climbing over somebody. He does that too. <laughs> Well, I guess I'm meant for it. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Awesome. Funny.
2: Well, thank you again. Have a fantastic afternoon and we'll talk soon. Yeah,
1: yeah thank you again, Jace.
2: Of course. Thank you.
1: And we're back. A huge thank you to Jace for coming on the show and for sharing your story and for all the amazing work that you do too. We're excited to get your story out there. So thank you. Thank you again.
2: Yeah. And a huge thank you to Anna again, episode 231 for getting us in touch with Jace. And you want to know what, Emma? I don't even know if you know this. What? You know, Nick's going to come on the show.
1: I did know that. Did you
2: know that? Yes. All right. So that's something to look forward to. We'll have Nick on the show at some point, probably this fall or winter. And we're super stoked about that. So.
1: We're really excited. That'll be amazing.
2: Yeah. And with that, we just want to tell you one more time because maybe you're a premium subscriber like an amazing human. So thank you. (laughs) Hey, thank you, premium subscribers.
1: Really, no, but people who aren't premium subscribers oh. are also amazing humans. That's
2: true. So, I Thank you, to- all <laughs> of you amazing humans. But an extra little a little bonus thank you for the premium subscribers. True. There is a meet and greet next week, September 27th. Uh, again, the last one we had had almost 50 people, and we're super pumped. So,
1: And just to clarify, this is a virtual meet and greet. That
2: is true. It's <laughs> super important. Head to the website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the community events tab, and you'll see how to sign up there. While you're on our homepage, you could also get yourself a shirt.
1: Yes, buy a shirt, please. They're called Give Love Shirts.
2: That's what we call them.
1: Yeah, we're excited about them.
2: (laughs) We're working on the naming process (laughs) still here at at NNMHQ. What's
1: wrong with the Give Love Shirt?
2: Right now, we just name things exactly as they are.
1: Yeah, why not? It's a a descriptor. It works.
2: I didn't say it didn't. All right. Next week we have another interview, but before next week's interview, we have an interview on Friday.
1: We have a Focus Friday episode that we're that we're excited about. It's coming out, and this is a little bit of a behind the scenes of NM operations. We're pretty excited about it. And
2: yeah, we talk about our naming conventions.
1: <laughs> Actually,
2: we do talk about our naming conventions. We do normalizing
1: <laughs> non-monogamy behind the scenes. We recorded an episode, podcast episode on podcast growth hacks. And we're going to release that on our channel on Friday. as a Focus Friday.
2: Podcast Growth Hacks is another podcast created by a friend of ours who interviewed us to talk about how we built our podcast. And that's what we're putting out there.
1: So now between my explanation and Finn's explanation, hopefully you got it.
2: And hopefully you haven't driven any pencils into your eardrums.
1: Just come back on Friday and listen. That's the whole point. And then next week, next Wednesday, we yeah. have another interview with Eka. Yep.
2: Eka from Portugal. And it's a beautiful conversation and we're super, super excited for it. And we'll see you then.
1: Yes, I think that's it. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.